Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Tuesday edition of the show, Scoops with Danny Mac. My name is Dan McLaughlin, and look who just rolled into the studio. Had the chance to work a number of years with one Chris Raby on Cardinals pregame, postgames over at uh, KMOX, and now he is a free agent, if you will. And it's always great to have you in studio here at 101 ESPN. And you have decided to come in for an hour with me. We were talking and we said, hey, why don't we do an hour radio together? We haven't done this in a while. So here we are. Here we are having fun doing some stuff on scoopswithdannymack.com, your website as well. And what a time as we've had just about every sport imaginable over the last couple of weeks. And it seems like every night. So it's been fun. How you doing, man? Good, good. Enjoying the baseball, enjoying the hoops wrapping up, NFL, college football, golf, everything, A- NHL free agency, everything, so everything. I, I, there's a lot of things I want to get into. We'll start with uh, baseball, and we're going to jump around. We're going to get into Petro. We're going to get into Mizzou because I know you you had the chance to visit with Mike Kelly. Um, I'm going to start with the Cardinals because that's always hot topic issues, and you'd love your hot takes. <laughs> You're a hot taker. Learn from the best. (laughs) The hotter, the better. The hotter, the better, baby. Um, Just your initial impressions of what you saw with the St. Louis Cardinals this year. The text line is open if you want to jump in at 65780-65780. Chris Raby in studio. And there's a lot of things I want to cover, but I'll start with the Cardinals. So just your initial impressions of the 2020 St. Louis Cardinals. I think it goes without saying that this was a challenging year. And for so many reasons, uh, for reasons obviously outside of baseball, it's been a challenging year for the world. And the fact that Major League Baseball even got games going, I think, is a testament to a lot of people pulling in the right direction. The Cardinals had some additional obstacles with the positive tests that they had with being shut down. And who knows how close they came, Dan, to maybe not even participating this season. But a lot of what we saw and what we saw down the stretch and in the postseason with all of those caveats, I think, respected, it was more of the same. This team has to figure out a way to improve their offense. They have to figure out a way to improve the offense uh, moving forward if they want to compete. And they've got to figure out why there seems to be some sort of disconnect between maybe the evaluation of what they have internally, uh, maybe the deployment of guys that are brought in from the outside because something's not working. I mean, you look at Luke Voigt, Randy Rosarena. I know fans have become blue in the face watching what some ex-Cardinals have done in the night basis. Marcelo Zuna. And, you know, there's, there's two situations here. The first is the evaluation of guys inside the organization and the evaluation that leads to choosing guys like Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas and Harrison Bader over... Randy Rosarena and Randall Gritchick and, and Luke Voigt. I know apples and oranges with the positions. And then there's also Marcelo Zuna, who I think is a case study and has a fantastic year the year before he comes to the Cardinals, has a fantastic year the year after he leaves the club, and then has some very Cardinal-like last couple of years struggles, the couple of years that he's with the Cardinals. So there's there's clearly a disconnect in the evaluation of position players. They do it great with pitching, you know? I think it's interesting to look at the Cubs who have not been able to evaluate and develop pitching at all to the point that they went and they hired Dan Kantrovitz 
uh, at the end of last year because they said something has to change. We're clearly doing something wrong in the way we evaluate and develop pitching. Um, we've got to change something because otherwise we're not going to be able to compete. This model's not sustainable. Cardinals, I, I think there's a similar disconnect there with what they haven't been able to do offensively. The big question this offseason, outside of maybe changing the offense, will be Molina and Wainwright. So as the Blues were facing a, a situation with Petro and would or would he not come back, now the Cardinals are facing the situation with Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. What do you think? Yeah, I think that... Um you know, in hockey, being in the salary cap league and the numbers that were being thrown around and some of the case studies, I think it's it's prudent to have the discipline that Doug Armstrong has had. He's shown that he doesn't get emotional when it comes to deals. And more than anything, he's looking out for the bottom line of his team now. And he's looking out for the bottom line of the team a couple of years down the road. I think that in baseball, there is maybe especially with Wainwright and Molina, more of a, of a legacy um, that could come into play. But listen, if you're talking about Adam Wainwright for another year or two, not only is it, I think, a, a smart deal to entertain, but he was one of your best guys this year. This year, you know? for sure. Um, yeah. Short year this year, maybe that benefits him as well because he didn't need to throw an entire season. Now, I'm not going to, again, going back to development, I'm not going to sign either of those guys long term at the risk of the future of the club or at the risk of development of players who are in the pipeline and who are ready to contribute but if you're talking a one-year two-year deal if you're talking again about Wainwright what was it this year if it had been a full year 10 million plus incentives if, if you're talking about a deal like that manageable I think I think Molina certainly still a a solid above replacement level player but You've got to have, what is it with Yadi? The buy-in that he's going to agree to whatever schedule you know you come up with. Yadi can't play every day. Yadi can't want to play every day. You can't have the, well, you know, we told Yadi, who's going to tell him that he's not in the lineup? You've got to come up with a plan so that, you know, the best interests of the club, of Yadi or Molina, and also of, of the guys behind Yadi are served. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know, man. I think he's an aberration right now. I think the last couple of years have shown he can't play every day. He's gotten hurt. I, I I disagree. I think he's shown this year that he can play at a high level and still play a ton of games. I think a ton of games is 100 games. I still think you go 120, 130. It's a lot of baseball. It is. I, I still think he can play at that level. He keeps himself in incredible shape. I, I was doing the games in Cardinals.com, and when he showed up at summer camp, I was shocked oh, yeah. when I saw his body. There's no one, no one disputes that. It was that. unbelievable how good a shape it, we he was. We all see it at spring training. No, no one's just it's just that that position is so brutal um I, there's no doubting that and i know there's a ton of mileage on the body there's no doubting that i mean you look at the innings that he's he's caught the amount of guys that he's caught over the years it, it's an aberration um he's still playing at a high level he played a high level in those three games in the playoffs here's what he did before this I, year. i'm okay with him coming back and and playing it and, and being the number one guy and saying okay He's the number one guy. 113 games in 2019, 123 in 2018, 136 in 2017. I think somewhere between 100 and 110 is that is that sweet spot. I'm I'm 120 because I'm telling you why. I don't think we're that far off. Okay, we'll go 115. <laughs> but my thinking is is that we we don't pay attention enough to the intangibles of what he is doing, controlling a pitching staff and controlling the running game. I just don't think people pay enough attention to what he's doing there. It's unbelievable, man. 
I'm telling you, I talk to people behind the scenes. They're like, this guy, especially those that don't see him like we see him every day. They say, I can't believe what this guy's doing. Like, he completely shut down our running game. We, we don't even think about running. I, he does that. He's still doing that at the age of 38. And listen, I, I don't think anyone is trying to say that he shouldn't be playing. It sounds like for Yadi or Molina, 120, 125 games, that might sound like a light workload for him. But if you look at that workload and if you look at his workload over the past four seasons compared to all the other catchers in Major League Baseball, only two catchers going back to 2016, only two catchers have played more games than him. JT Real Muto and Yasmani Grandal. So he's still at the very top of games played among all catchers in Major League Baseball. And he's still really, really good. I think sometimes we so he, okay, t- take so. for granted how tough it is for a catcher to integrate into everyday baseball. First, it was, well, you got to play Carson Kelly if you're going to bring him up. You got to play Andrew Kisner if you're going to bring him up. It's really hard for a young guy to become an everyday catcher. Don't take for granted. And what you have in Yadier Molina. So, I agree with that. So you had 11 doubleheaders in 43 days, right? This year? Yeah. Okay. And you had Matt Weeders with a broken toe and limping. Where was Andrew Kisner? So that, that may tell you that they don't think that maybe he's ready. Now, if he's ready, okay. But apparently he's not. Else he would have been here. What do you do? Two-year two year deal? Now, the young man they have coming up. Herrera. Count, count me in. David Herrera. Oh, yeah. He's 19. I understood. So, so that bridges maybe the that gap bridges to get you. Yes. We're all That's about where gap I'm going. bridging. I'm all about gap bridging. How many years is he going? Oh, two years. Yeah. I, I want to see him finish his career here. But I'm also a realist in understanding that there are teams that have lost every one of them a ton of money. There was no fans in the stands. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be creative on both sides, just like in the Petro deal. It's going to have to be creative on both sides. How creative do both sides want to get? That's the question that needs to be answered. Yeah, and we saw and Wainwright what, what has to with be, that template a couple of years ago. Exactly. And so what has to be answered is, do we have fans in the stands? And is it 25%? Is it 50%? Is it 100%? Which leads me to this. Fans in the stands last night, what'd you think? I think that sports have done a pretty good job. So let's see. We've seen college football with fans in the stands. We've seen the NFL. We've seen now baseball. I think it's been good. Um, it's different. That's one of the things I talked to Mike Kelly about when you don't have, you know, a full house. But I think kind of the slow rollout and the um, just just trying to ease back in and, and seeing what works. But for a business sense. model, you're going to have to get fans in the stands. The NHL well, not, is not only fans in the stands, but you're going to have to start the season on time. You're going to have to start to have 100. You're going to have to have 162 games. Who knows if spring training will start on time? They've already moved it back one week. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a big question. You know, th- th- we're all it's still questioning what what does a season look like? What's your confidence level that at some point next year? What's what's the threshold? If I say at some point next year, every team will have 75 percent capacity. Or are you going over or under that? I, I think it all depends on where you live. I mean, look at where, you know, if you're down in Florida, 100 percent. Down to Texas, I mean, but you go back to six months ago, look at how things were in our country. 
it's all going to be dependent on where you live. Well, on the flip side of that is do fans, do 100% of fans want to go to the game, right? Well, for sure. There's going to be some trepidation by some fans, depending on what's going on in our country. Um, you know, it, it was interesting talking with some people that are are trying to build college basketball schedules. Okay, Chris? And they're saying, all right, we had a schedule in place, and then that was scrapped. And then we said, okay, we're trying to build a college basketball schedule and do this in a, like, a two-week period. But then everybody's jurisdiction or city is different. That's what's going on with also happening in Major League Baseball, football, college football, college basketball. It's all different. That's what makes us tough. Chris Raby is with us, and we're going to get into more of that as we continue. He's with us for an hour. We'll take some questions on the text line as well. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Here's a shot. They score for Tangible. Let it go. It was tipped, and the Blues on the board. If it's his, it's his first in the NHL. Yeah, it's going to be it, John. I got a good angle. It was actually deflected in by Wojtka. And Wojtkiewicz was just trying to stop it, and he actually deflected it by Turco, and it's going to be Petrangelo's first National Hockey League goal. Captain Alex Petrangelo, St. Louis has been waiting a long time for this. Come get the Stanley Cup. You know, legacy is obviously important. This this organization means a lot to me, right? It, it certainly, uh, and, and you know, you see Al come around and see all the other alumni who are around regularly. That means a lot, right? It's guys who have a great relationship with the organization that have been around and really set their roots in St. Louis, um, you know, but whether it's here or somewhere else and you want to play to the best of your ability and leave a legacy wherever you are. And that goes along with, you know, on the ice and off the ice and, and trying to impact the organization and the community. So whether it's here or anywhere else, I think it's important for me uh, to really kind of, you know, set my roots wherever it is. And, and I know my wife feels the same way. Chris Raby in studio. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Chris is doing some work on my website, scoopswithdannymac.com. Andy Strickland, by the way, with an interesting tweet moments ago, about 20 minutes ago, he said, Alex Petrangelo admitted to me this morning that he wanted a new challenge, and the closer he got to unrestricted free agency, the more he had his sights on playing elsewhere. Says decision came down to more than hockey, and the idea of playing and living elsewhere was intriguing to him. So... He got it. He got the deal he wanted, and he's now with the Vegas Golden Knights. Chris did uh, for years Blues intermissions, pregames, postgames. Just your thoughts on Alex now, no longer the captain of the St. Louis Blues and a member of the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you think? Yeah, and again, um, seven years, $61.6 million, full no movement clause. I think that there was, and, and there is, Dan, a... Um, assumption maybe when when this happens or when we see a player that has been with one organization for as long as Alex has and has done what Alex has done um, there's an assumption maybe that uh, someone was waiting for the other side to blink and certainly Doug Armstrong has a track record of not making decisions based on emotion or based on legacy, you know, making decisions based on the bottom line, based on the future of his club. We saw it with David Backus when after the Blues came so close to getting to the Stanley Cup, losing in the conference finals to the Sharks, it was Backus who moved on to the Boston Bruins. And Armstrong said 
you know, in a press conference that offseason, we got to get younger, we got to get faster. So I think it would be easy for fans to say this was Doug Armstrong deciding to move on. The Blues reportedly made Petrangelo a, a very, very healthy offer. But I think it's also fair to say, listen, sometimes in, in life, whether it's sports or otherwise, you want a new challenge, you want to move on, you want to change of scenery. And who knows? what the case actually is who knows how close the two sides were but you know for petro i think he gets to go to an exciting new organization the no movement clause was obviously very very important to him and probably important to his family with the young kids that that he and his wife have and you know for the blues they move on as well they get a heck of a defenseman in tory krug they i think continue to manage their cap number in a salary cap era in a post-Stanley Cup championship couple of seasons in a very, very responsible and innovative and forward-thinking way. So, you know, I say hopefully it ends up being a great deal for both sides or a great non-deal for both sides, and best of luck to Alex Petrangelo. Nothing, Nothing good lasts forever. You know, I remember Theo Epstein saying that when he left the Boston Red Sox, he won, you know, World Series championships with the Boston Red Sox and left to go to the Chicago Cubs. And he said, nothing good in sports lasts forever. Sometimes it's just time for a change. And and Alex, it seems like, got a great, great deal and got what he was looking for with Vegas. I, I don't know if you feel this way. I was kind of shocked, and I thought about it after the show yesterday, and I talked a lot about um, Alex and just sports in general with this is business, right? I mean, this is... The Blues made a business decision. Alex obviously made a business decision. And no hard feelings. I mean, this is, hey, he got to unrestricted free agency. He earned it. He got what he wanted. That's fine. That's no problem. No hard feelings. That happens in sports. It happens in life. And the the response that I've gotten from people that are just on the street that I've talked to about it or uh, the text line, um, just it's kind of like, I think before the pandemic, Chris, I think people would have been really emotionally, as a fan, you get emotionally attached and been like, oh, sure. This one, oh, man, it's just so upsetting. And uh, this is, how did this happen? How did we get to this point? Blah, 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 blah. Where now people, because so much has happened in the last six months, people, I think, generally speaking, are kind of like, okay, I've got so much going on in my own life. You know, if guys want to do this, I'm fine. You know, I, sports are great. They're a distraction. Just I, I want to watch them. I play. I, I want to watch guys play. I enjoy sports. It's a distraction for my three hours, but I'm not going to get so emotionally attached and it's going to be worried. And I'm not talking about Alex. I mean, in general, just guys making millions of dollars. I, I, I'm good. I, I'm kind of over it. You know what I mean? And we'll get back to that point. I, I really do believe that. But there's so much happening in life, in our country, and there's more to it than this, man. I'm just saying. I, I, I think people are getting more detached well, by the second. And I think if you're Alex Petrangelo, maybe your priorities have changed too. Sure. Maybe you say, I just saw that something none of us could have expected a couple of months ago or in January or February. None of us could have anticipated this. It almost brought the entire sports world to a screeching halt. All right? And then... Maybe his priorities in terms of a signing bonus, money up front, taking care of his family. At this time last year, maybe 60 million and 65 million isn't that big of a deal. Maybe $7 million in bonuses every July 1st versus a million or 2 million in bonuses every July 1st isn't that big of a deal. But now you've seen, you know, your entire livelihood, the way you do things flash before your eyes 
with something that none of us could have ever anticipated. Like, you have seen how how close maybe we were to all of this ending. So maybe his priorities, what, what he wanted that's changed. good point. Yeah, that's the flip side of this. Now, as it pertains to the sport... Craig Berube was on Carriker and Smallman yesterday, and they now have seen seven guys in, what, about a year and a half since they won the Stanley Cup, gone. And and these are some of the key guys that they had on their team that are no longer part of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, there's a lot of movement in today's game uh, with everything, with the salary cap and uh, a lot of you know things that come up. So that's the way it is. Uh, but... Uh, uh, listen, we're, we'll figure it out. We'll, uh, we'll we'll do what we have to do to be successful. I do like that, Doug, from just the, the standpoint of what they were trying to do with their team. I like what they got. I mean, they, they addressed needs, which was addressing the power play, the left side, a guy that can move the puck. They got a good guy. I mean, it, it it's a it's a move that makes some sense for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, this is what Doug Armstrong has been really good at doing. And he struck quickly. He struck oftentimes in front of the market. Like I think that that move caught a lot of the industry off guard. And that's how Armstrong does things. Even at the trade deadline, Dan. Even acquiring Ryan O'Reilly or acquiring Braden Shen a couple of years ago, he seems to make moves that catch people off guard. He acts quickly. He acts decisively. News doesn't leak. um, And he gets his guy. So he's earned what I always call the benefit of the doubt clause. Like if you're a Blues fan, while it certainly can be frustrating or emotional to lose you know a guy or a number of guys who played such a big role in helping the blues win the stanley cup and and get to where they've gotten tell you two things first of all you're in good hands and second of all this isn't going to be the last time this happens at some point granted something remarkable happens because it just doesn't happen in sports jordan bennington will be playing for another team at some point ryan o'reilly and colton pareko will probably be playing for other teams Jaden schwartz will probably be playing for another team alexander steen you know that happens in sports but you just trust that the guy making the decisions has the best interests of the organization not just in the short term but moving forward in mind and i think armstrong certainly does he's proven that now there is though the pre- he's always under pressure i mean if you're in that seat no matter what sport, you're under pressure. He's got to have Justin Falk be the player that he traded for, and he's got to hope that Krug is the kind of player that he signed. You know, when you lose Petro and it doesn't work out, those kind of players have to step up, and Pareko has got to develop and continue to develop the kind of player that you're expecting. I think the other thing is that's of interest to me is who becomes the captain of the St. Louis Blues. In my mind, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know about you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And what an addition that was oh, going back to you, your point, though. It's the benefit of the doubt clause that, that he gets. I mean, do you think about, you know, when you think about the guys that he dealt to get oh. here, I don't think about the, the players that he dealt away. Like right now, we're kind of thinking about the Cardinals and the some of the players that they have, are gone with the Blues. I'm not going well. God, what's Tage Thompson doing right because now? Because the, inter- the <laughs> internal evaluations have been spot on. You know, they have identified the Colton Pareko and Robert Thomas. They've identified the guys internally that they have drafted and developed that are going to be the core, the guys that are untouchable. And the other guys, they've moved them when their stock has been at their highest. Like Tage Thompson and Vladimir Sabotka and 
Patrick Berglund. Yeah, I mean, just it, okay. it, it's been it, it's been success after success for Doug Armstrong, and you just I I think that you, you trust in not only the moves he's made, but the evaluations that they've put on guys within the organization, the guys that are going to be coming up, even like a Justin Falk who didn't have the greatest start to his Blues season last year. I think it's also a blessing in, in disguise, Dan, that these guys in the bubble were knocked out when they were knocked out. You know, it finally gives them a time to fully reset. It gives everyone the time to hopefully get physically right. You know, they had played so deep, even just look at Petro. They played so deep into the postseason the last three or four years. And, you know, maybe this is is what they needed, a full offseason. And after the craziness of of last year, a full reset to get going before next year starts. Chris Raby is in studio. I'm Dan McLaughlin. We're going to talk a little college football, Mizzou specifically, coming up. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Another 0-2. Back to Melanson. Over him to the shortstop. Swanson. Braves taking one. A final of five to one. Yeah, just seeing baseball fans in the stadium was it was it was awesome. Um, it's nice not to have to hear the fake crowd noise like we have been for the last three months. So <laughs> I could tell you that the crowd, uh, the real crowd noise is a lot better. Uh, hearing it from the real fans. Uh, you could tell that they've, they've missed baseball and they were really into it, even in a neutral site. Um, the, they came out and they were cheering for both teams. And you could tell that we had fans from the, from Atlanta and, and Braves fans across and the Dodgers had fans here too. So it was just awesome. It, it, it brings a whole different energy to the game when you have uh, real fans here. That's Freddie Freeman after their win last night over the Dodgers. They're up 1-0. Tampa Bay up two games to none over Houston. Chris Raby, he is doing some work at scoopswithdannymac.com. We're going to talk college football in just a moment. I'm Dan McLaughlin. I, you know, there is a difference. I mean, I was at the ballpark, and I, I know fans that were watching games at home. You know, we were trying to present the games as, as best we could, piping in the crowd. But, man, there's just different about having people in the stands, man. Well, and shout out to the people who still asked you for tickets mid-pandemic. That was awesome. I, I know that happened. And who are these diehards? Like, are there fans traveling from L.A. and Atlanta Unbelievable. To Texas to go to the games? Or are I, they transplants already in Texas who are going to the games? I really did have people reach out to me and said, hey, I'll be in San Diego. Can you get me tickets to the game? Shout out. Shout out to those people. Thank you. Yeah, I, I get many requests normal in a normal season daily. Hey, do you know of any extra tickets? Do you know of any extra tickets? But <laughs> What's I did the best get, way to get tickets? But I did get the pandemic ask. Uh, Shout out I, to the pandemic warriors still and trying I said, to get into the ballpark. Well, I don't know if you haven't been watching, but there have been some <laughs> games, depending if you're watching, the, the announcers are wearing masks and are separated by plexiglass, so I don't think you're going to be able to get those tickets. Nice for the... Uh, you know, the Rangers ownership to finally get to show off that ballpark a little bit, I guess. You know, do well, you know of any extra tickets? <laughs> they're going for a hefty price and yeah. um, it does make a difference. So to have people at the 100%, ballpark, hundred percent. And I will say, though, I feel like everyone's kind of gotten a hang of the fake crowd noise and, yeah. and figuring it out. The, the production value, obviously, you guys oh, yeah. at Fox Sports Midwest, but I think for all the sports has been. Tremendous. You know, it's been really, really good across yeah. the board. I'm not sure uh, I like the virtual fans. I, 
because when You're they talk about like the NBA stuff or well, no, I was I was thinking like on the national games. So you'd see the cutout and a guy would hit a high fly ball to left. And then these virtual fans all of a sudden would raise up in the bleachers. Right. And you're like, wait a minute. And then I would get on my Twitter feed. Hey, were they allowing fans at Wrigley? No. And then they'd cut back to like the guy rounding second on the home run and there's empty seats, you know, and there's a cutout of, you know, granny and, and grandpa, you know, cardboards. And then they go do an empty shot, and then there's some more fans in the virtual. It's just, you know, I think it, sometimes it just confuse people. Now, one way that it would be great is if we had interactive virtual fans, like a virtual Bartman or a virtual, who is the kid, the Orioles, Yankees, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Mayer? Yeah, Jeffrey Mayer. A virtual Jeffrey Mayer, and the virtual fan could actually reach into the field of right. play and impede the play that was going on. There was a couple of close ones that would have been like that. You could have Moises Alou going crazy at the virtual Bartman. I thought it would have been funny if the NHL, when Bettman came out, would have had booing. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been pretty good. Because they would have got a lot of props that never, that. This is probably the only time that he didn't get booed, right? Absolutely the only time he didn't get booed. He always gets booed. Although he may have been applauded this year for getting a deal done during a pandemic and an extension. You know what? If you stack him up against the rest of the commissioners. I think Adam Silver probably still at the top via For appro- sure. via approval rating and also what he's done. But Batman has to be leaps and bounds in front of Manfred and and also Roger Goodell. I know you're not a I know you are a company man, so I won't put you in a weird spot. Your boss, Rob Manfred, but I mean, Gary Bettman has done. Oh, like, no, I think Rob Manfred was, it was not Gary, good. Gary Bettman <laughs> hit, has hit a home run over the last couple of years. No, Rob Manfred during the CBA of trying to get this season going. No, how not about good. Bettman? How about Bettman extending that thing mid pandemic out of nowhere? And Donald Fear. I, I didn't expect Donald Fear to get this thing done either. They, were the, they were the last two guys on the planet I thought <laughs> they would get an extension during a pandemic. And they just have shot up in the power rankings. It's It's been incredible. Adam Silver yesterday told the NBA employees that they were going to get a week off every Friday in October off and a $1,000 uh, bonus or it's something awesome. like, you know, I mean, just for their employees. They I won mean, 172 games without... A positive test. Yeah, I mean, they awesome. And the, yeah. the NHL pulled it off. I mean, I applaud them. Uh, I mentioned college football on scoopswithdannymack.com. Chris had the chance to catch up with the play-by-play voice of the Missouri Tigers, Mike Kelly. And uh, Chris asked him about, in terms of some of the biggest games that he's called nearly three decades, in terms of wins for Mizzou, the big win over LSU, where does this one rank for him? I think in terms of importance of wins, I'd have to go back to Missouri's win in 03 over Nebraska when, um, you know, they, they, they ended the 25 years of losing against Nebraska. Um, because again, it was, it was, it was a validation that Missouri and under Gary Pinkle had, had built a program that could play on the same plane and on the same stage with, with Nebraska. And I think the fact that even though it's a depleted LSU team, 17 starters gone from a year ago, there's still a lot of four and five star guys and they still carry that crown, right? This is defending national champions. Um, you know, and to and to, to, to beat the defending national champs, um, to me, puts that kind of on a level um, 
from a credibility standpoint, kind of where that Nebraska game was. Chris has a daily show, Scoops with DannyMac.com, daily at noon, and you can listen to that. You're doing great work and uh, always fun to catch up with Mike Kelly. Yeah, and, you know, to, I think, hear Mike and others who have been around the program over the last couple of months talk about what they've seen and the significance of this win, it's huge. I think Eli Drinkwitz has the entire program, his team, all believing in the fact that they're building something special. There have been, you know, just countless obstacles, obstacle after obstacle in the way of of this season. And everyone's dealing with it, but the teams that are not just dealing with it, but are thriving in spite of those obstacles are the ones that, you know, are going to look back and say, this year, it wasn't a wasted year. This was a year that we really started to build something special. So, you know, you can see it in the way that they play. Uh, and the fact that even in that game on Saturday, a couple of times, there were moments and instances where, you know, you could have folded. You could have said, well, oh, it was a nice try. They they gave him a good fight. But, you know, really impressed with, with the way that Mizzou team continued to fight. I think Drinkwitz is going to end up being uh, really... A really exciting coach for the program and hopefully you know we talked about fans hopefully when fans are able to get back and, and get back engaged at a hundred percent with the program there's there's a lot to you know build on from this year people were saying you know call a timeout at the end call a time i was like no yeah, don't so call a timeout at he the said end. we were playing better than them and we did not want to give don't them an them opportunity to regroup yep i, I, I thought that. it was the right move. i love that yeah this is fun man good job absolutely man you gonna come back in Whenever you want. Well, Scotty, we got to have him back in. Yeah. I think he brings a lot to your show, Dan. What are you saying about my show solo then? Uh, well, I'm saying that he's better than not me. Maybe better than me, Dan. You're saying you I'm, I'm you're taking a shot at me. Ta- I'm taking a shot at myself. Scotty, come on in. A little, little three-man weave action. <laughs> Water's warm. <laughs> More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Always prepared, ready to roll. That's Ribs and BK. So BK, uh, we know for sure now the captain is gone. He's in Vegas. So I'm assuming you're going to dive into that with Jamie Rivers. Yeah, that'll be our open today. Hal Petro will be remembered here in St. Louis. There is a little bit of a silver lining here, and it's the same one that we had with Albert Pujols. We now know the best years that you were ever going to see from Alex Petrangelo, they were very likely here in St. Louis. You don't even have to worry about what the back end of this deal is going to look like, how that would change, how you remember Petro potentially. So if there is a silver lining to all of this, that is it. That being said, I also have, I'm guessing what is probably a little bit of a different perspective on how this all went down, and we'll get into that a little bit later. What if he goes and wins a couple of cups right off the bat? Yeah, that ain't going to be great. That's going to change your perspective a little bit. uh, (laughs) I think that will change the perspective, though, not of Alex Petrangelo, but of Doug Armstrong. Does that make sense? I think his legacy here is secured. He's the first captain to ever win the cup here. He he will be remembered as such. That's how he will be remembered here in St. Louis. If he goes to Vegas and wins a cup, it will be why didn't we get this done with him? Why did why was Alex Petrangelo not brought back here to St. Louis when he clearly still has a lot of great play to uh, to give? So I think that's going to be more about Doug Armstrong's legacy than it will be about Petro. How about the guest? I know you're always working on guests. Who do you got coming? Yeah, up? Jamie Rivers has done an outstanding job this week being able to get us a bunch of blues guys so kyle clifford the new blues forward two-time stanley cup champion he's going to join us coming up at noon and our guy jeremy rutherford will have all of the latest with all of this coming up at 11 30 as well looking forward to it ribs bk scotty great job this is 101 espn 
You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.